Jesus, you change everything. Man, that was, that was amazing. Oh, God is so good. Am I, am I right? You know, we, we've, been, we've been talking about uh, I will survive, how to make it through a bad day. And, and this morning we're going to be talking about exactly that, about worship. Um, and I am, I'm so excited uh, to be able to be here to present the Word of God. And, and I knew this was my, my last opportunity, so I called Zach early and I said, dude, I got a hundred bucks. Just whoever's talking, boot them out of the way, let me talk, because after Pastor Brent comes, you know, he's going to take it all. So, so, man, I'm excited. I paid for I'm just, I'm just joking. Uh, but we are talking about worship. And, I, I, you know, you may have noticed about me, I, I, love, I love to worship. I love to just give, give it all to God. But I wasn't always there. And so this morning, I, I want us to walk on a journey from, from maybe where you are in worship. And, and let's, just, let's just say, okay, God, you lead us. Are you good with that? Are we going to just let God lead us in worship and just, just delving into the scriptures and seeing, God, what, what are you calling us to do as, as we worship? So, um, again, we, we launched this series a few weeks ago called I Will Survive, and it's all about how to live through a bad day. How many, how many had a bad day every once in a while? Come on. Come on. Amen. And so, so we've talked about how important it is to believe the right things about God and about ourselves and, and how, how, you know, about, about the world. Excuse me, about, about the world around us. So, and during the series, we're going to talk about some biblical stories and principles that, that will help us understand how to live through a bad day. So if you have your Bibles, uh, whether you have them, whether it's, it's a book or it's a phone, would you open that up with me? Let's, let's get into the scriptures this morning. Psalms uh, 27.1 is where I would love to start. When you, I'm, I'm old school, so when you have that, come on, say amen. amen. Ooh, I'm not going to make you stand up. Well, not yet. Back, back in the day, you had to stand up to read the word of God. But back in the day, we'd be here till about three. So we're not, we're not going to go there. <laughs> so the Bible says in Psalms 27, 1 through 6, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surround me, my heart would not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We pray right now that the Holy Spirit that is in this room, as, as we experience in worship, that would continue to shape our hearts, continue to mold our lives, to represent you, to shine your glory, to show your light in every area, in every aspect, in every situation, God. We are your humble servants, and we say we are ready to receive what you have for each and every one of us this morning. And if you believe that, say amen. 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 So, um, there was, there was a, a, a we, we went on, on a family vacation uh, to SeaWorld one time, and uh, I, it was, obviously it was all of us, and there was this one ride, and I, it was kind of an Aztec thing, and you get in this, this big old boat, and you would, you know, take you up to the top, but it's, it was in the water, so it wasn't really scary, it wasn't like a big roller coaster, but it, it was, still had a really big drop, and so, you know, I looked at all the kids, and I was like, hey, come on, who's going to, I love roller coasters, I was like, come on, come on, so who's going, who's in? And so Vincent's like, I'll go, I'll go. And Vincent, uh, man, he was, he was probably, probably around 10 at the time. So I was like, good. So when we walked up there, I kind of put my foot out. He stood on top of it, and then he, he made the line. So I was like, let's go. So, <laughs> so, so, so we're going up, and, man, I, you can kind of see him getting a little nervous. as You know, he's seeing everybody coming. Like, yeah! 
yeah, they're screaming as they come down. Um, but again, it's just, it was a water ride. It's not, it's not like, you know, my nemesis back in the day was the Judge Roy scream at, at Six Flags. Any, any of you that from here in Texas, you know what the Judge Roy scream was. Um, but but it, he was getting nervous as, as we were getting closer to it. And so, so we're, we're, we, we get on, we get up to the gate. I'm looking at him, and his eyes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We get in there, he sits down, we strap in, and here we go. And um, so here we go, we go, the boat takes us up to the top, and it perches us. I mean, it, it, we're, we're up there. And <laughs> there's like two other boats sitting there waiting in front of us. So we're sitting like in the Y, in the open, just sitting up there. Vince is just kind of looking around. I got him here on the inside so that he wouldn't, get, he wouldn't freak out too much. But so here we go, and it's, and it's our turn to go. And as we're, as we're right on the edge, the, the, the boat gets stopped, and there's this little girl behind us. And in Spanish, she starts turning to dad, okay, I'm, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm, I'm dead. I'm, I'm dead, dead. I'm done. I'm dead. I don't want to go. And so I'm looking at Vincent, and as she's saying that, his eyes are getting bigger and bigger. And so, and so I was tempted to do two, one thing. I was tempted to go, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on right now, son. This is going to go bad. As tempted as I was to do that, I, I just like, and, and I just kind of, you know, it's kind of bad. I said, Can you hear, you hear? I kind of started, I made a joke of it. And so we, so he kind of, oh yeah, dad, yeah, dad. So he, we kind of made a joke of it. We went down, he screamed, I screamed, we got all wet, we had fun, we got off. And man, he was, he was ecstatic. He was jumping, he was rubbing it in his brother's sister's face because they didn't want to go. It was, it was awesome. So I, I, I had, I had the end in mind. I, I knew, I, I knew that, I, I kind of knew Vincent was the one. And, and now Olivia's joined on board. Uh, and, and David, matter of fact, David has joined on board too. So mama holds our coats when we go on big rides like that. <laughs> but but I, I knew he was going to have a good time. And I wanted him to experience all of it. I wanted him to experience the, the, the beginning of it. You know, the, oh, you know, the, the nervousness that you feel. And, and then and when you're going down, you feel like your, your throat's going to come out. You feel like your stomach's going to come out of your throat. But I, I wanted him to experience that. And I believe that's the way God is with us. I think God wants us to experience it all. Because in all of that, my son knew that I was there with him. He knew, hey, it's going to be all right. It's, it's going to be fun. So in Psalms, we're reading about this, this, this confidence that David has. David has this amazing confidence. What, where does that come from? What, what, is this, what is this assurance? Let's continue reading. The answer is in the next verse. The, the one thing I ask of the Lord... The thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfection and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices and shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. There is only one source for this kind of confidence. The matchless, overwhelming, consuming presence of God. There is one place that we can step into and find this confidence. The confidence that David was speaking about to be able to, to see the enemy surrounding. And even if they attack, having the understanding that God is, going to, God is going to rescue me. I will not surrender. I will not yield. God is my strength. God is my confidence. Can you say amen to that? So, so in, in the age of consumer worship was programmed in package worship. We have to stop and ask ourselves, 
Let's get a drink of water. <laughs> what are we doing here? What, what, what do we come to do? What do we gather to do? Honest worship is a must. When we come together and we worship God, we, we must worship with all of our hearts, with all, of, with all that we are, an honest worship. Worship isn't like a, a magical pixie dust that we, that we sprinkled over ourselves so we can feel the presence of God. Worship is not, is not a drug that we consume for a buzz or an escape. It is the revelation that consumes us. Listen, when we worship, we don't step out of reality. We bring God, we bring Jesus, we bring the power into our reality. We, we, don't, we don't want to be numb and, and, and we don't want to nullify. We, we don't, we don't want to press those things away. No, we, we, want, we want to hold them here before us. When we worship, if Jesus is Lord of our lives, only when things go right, why, why isn't he Lord of our lives when things go wrong? We can't just worship God in the happy times. We gotta worship God when, 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 it's, when it's falling apart. We gotta worship God through all those times, through all those things. John 4, 23, 20 through 24 says, But a time is coming, and indeed is here now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. It's interesting that he was, he was speaking to the woman at the well when, when, he, when he said this. The father is seeking honest worship. Not escaping, not dodging, not, not putting aside all the problems. God is saying, man, bring it all. Bring it all to me. When you worship, worship me in the full presence of your reality. Worship me in, 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 with everything that you are. Bring, bring it all to me. Don't, don't push the weak away. Don't, 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 don't release the problem. Don't let those things go. Bring those to me so that I can take them from you. Amen? Amen. Come on. God is looking for gut level, honest and, and supernaturally spiritual worship. That's what God wants from you. And that's what he wants for you. People's lives are only as good as their worship. It's a quote from Eugene Patterson. You hear that? People's lives are only as good as their worship. If Jesus is Lord over your entire life, then worship necessarily includes the full spectrum of our emotions and our experiences. Let's, let's, let's read Psalms, Psalms 13, 1 through 6. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemies triumph over me? Lord, on me, look on me and answer, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemies will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unveiling, unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises for he has been so good to me. The temptation is to ask, when did God show up? Do you see that? In every, in every psalm, there, there is a pivot point. There is a turning. 
And, and, and it's, it's tempting for us. When I, when I first read that, it's, it was tempting for me to say, man, right there, he was praying and God showed up in verse 5. But I will trust your unfailing love. But you know what? God didn't show up in verse 5. God was there in verse 1. God, God, God was there from the beginning. We're, we're not walking alone unless we choose to. We're not walking alone. And then when we, we see a problem, God shows up for us. God's walking with us. God walks alongside of us. God is not threatened by our doubt. And in, in many of the Psalms, there, there's this pivot where honesty takes a turn towards faith. God understands what's going on. God sees what's going on. So he's not, fear, he's, he's not worried about your doubt, but he wants your honesty. All of it is worship. From the beginning of the psalm to, to the end of verse 5, it's all worship. In the end of verse 6, it's, it's all worship. It's all worship to God. It's all his children coming to him. And saying, Abba, Father, Dad, this is, this is what's going on. I need, I need an answer. I need guidance. I need help. I need, you to, I need you to help me with this. The Bible speaks of a pilgrimage in, eight, in, in Psalms 84. What, what joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessing. They will become, they will continue to grow stronger. And each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. How joyous it is to find strength in the Lord. And he's using, the, the, this priest is using the, the, the pilgrimage. It's, it's the image of, of the life of a priest. And he's using it, to, to the, the example of that pilgrimage to Jerusalem as a metaphor. Because there is a journey, a, excuse me, a journey. Pilgrimage means journey, path, hills, and valleys. Think about any trip that you've ever taken somewhere. There's, there's, you, you go up and you go down. You go in, you go out. Think about your life. You go up, you go down. You go in, you go out. Sometimes, you, sometimes you're walking. Sometimes you're running. Sometimes you're crawling. Sometimes you're just laying there like a baby, just balled up, don't know what's going on. <laughs> but, it's, but it's all a journey, and God delights in it. God delights in our journey God's not, God, God is not afraid of our journey. Nothing in our journey takes God by surprise. We don't pray and God says, oh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think he was going to ask me about that. <laughs> God sees it all. God knows it all. God understands it all. And he sits and he waits for us. Isn't God good? Amen. Come on. Oh, man. I'm telling you. So something incredible happens when, when you worship in the midst of difficulty. When, when we worship through the hardship, it turns the desert into an oasis. When, when, we worship, when we worship our way through the disappointment, God turns it, God turns the wilderness into a wonder. When we worship, when you worship your way through the tragedy, God turns the valley of despair into a valley of delight. God does that. There was, a, there was a time in, uh, in, in my son David's young life when he was in, when he was in fourth grade that um, he, he went with a couple friends of his to Slitterbond. 
And, and it, it, you know, we, we trusted him. It was, it was all good. We were a little worried. We prayed. He came back, and he had a little, he had a little, little stomach ache. We didn't think much of it. Um, so we, we sent him to school. He came home. Uh, Christina ended up taking him. He, he kind of, it kind of lingered on. We, we gave him all the, the medicine and stuff at the house. It lingered on. We took him to the doctor. The doctor said he ended up having like a stomach bug, like, like, a, like a virus in his stomach. Man, it, it, that, was, that was tough. We, we went about a month and a half, almost two months of just him at the house with just stomach pains. And this whole time he was missing school. And when he started, he started feeling better. We thought, man, awesome. We've made it. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're so good. You, you brought healing to our son. We put him in school. Christina gets a call. And a couple hours later, David said he wants to come home. Okay. What, is he hurt? Is he sick? I, I don't know. So she goes and she gets him. What's going on, son? Uh, is it my, my stomach, is it this and that, and that and the other. This, this turns into him not wanting to go to school anymore. And there were times where I, w- I would have to take off work and go sit with him half a day just so that he would stay in school half a day. And then say, son, are you, you, are you, are you good? You Okay. And, and it, was, it was just this, this gut-wrenching process of, of just not knowing what was going on. He, he, sometimes he would say it was his stomach. Sometimes he was just nervous. And it, it, man, it, it was just, we, we didn't have any answers. We, we didn't know what was going on. So we just said, you know what, God? We, we gotta, you have to do this. We, we've tried what we've tried. We've, we've done our best as parents. As parents, we just we try to step in. We try to fix it. God, th- this is beyond me. This is, this is more than I can handle. I, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm worrying. I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen with his education? Is he never going to want to go back to school again? And we just turned it over to God. We just, we just came before him and we worshiped him. We said, God, you're the God of the universe. There's nothing impossible. Nothing is beyond your understanding and your reach. You see everything that happens and you know exactly what's going on, God. And we just give it all to you. I tell you what, we just began to worship God and thank him for his goodness because we know that he is great and he is good. And lo and behold, David comes up, ready to go to school, mom. Goes to school. We're praying. We're worshiping God. Let this, let, this, let this be truly you, God. He stays in school. He graduated. <laughs> God did that. And that was a miracle. That was, that was, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. He's a great kid. He did awesome. So when, 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 when we enter the sanctuary, Psalm 70, I want to read Psalm 73 first. 73, 12 through 17. This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. All the day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. I've had, if I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. How many have been there before? You see every, everybody around you. Everything is going good for everybody else. Ooh, Facebook will get you tied up. Ooh, come on. Come on. Don't, come on. You say, say amen when the preacher man is preaching. <laughs> I'm telling you. Come on. Let's, let's finish. Till I enter the sanctuary of God. Come on. 
till 17 says, till I entered into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. When we enter the sanctuary, our entire perspective changes. Come on, do you believe that? We see things differently. Worship, when we begin to worship and God's presence showed up like it did this morning, we, we carry the presence of God. And that, that when that connection is made between us as a corporate group, things change. Like, like, we, like we sung, Jesus, you change everything. Fear is broken. We are healed. We are restored. We are made new. God changes us. We get a, it's like we get a new pair of glasses even like, like a heavenly LASIK surgery, man, we, we're seeing like 80-80. We're seeing better than Colt McCoy. We're seeing more than just leaves on a tree. Uh-huh. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> there is a massive paradigm shift when we begin to worship the Lord. When we enter, when we step into that, we release that. We get, I love this, we get a Google Earth's view. We're not just looking, on, we're not just looking at our map and that's all we see is like a, just a little blue line and some lines. We get a Google Earth view of a, that perspective is what we get when we enter into the Spirit of God. Amen. But if we don't, when we choose to walk away, we continue with our myopic darkness. It's our choice. It's what we choose. Paul and Silas. Acts 16, 22 through 34. The crowd joined in. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had, after they had been f- severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When, these, when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, and fasten their feet in the stocks. Paul and Silas had to make a choice right now. They had to choose. What were they going to do? Verse 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Why do you, why do you think Paul and Silas started singing? I mean, I, I read the first portion of that, and just, just, just in, in myself, I'm like, man, I ain't going to be singing. I would not be singing in that point. I'd be wondering, God, where are you at? <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. But, but Paul and Silas, do you, do, do you think they were, they were thinking that, that God was going to break them out of jail? Do you, do you think that that was like the reason they started singing? Hey, hey, dude, if we start singing, God, God's going to break us out of jail. Hmm. What is, what, is, what is going on in the minds of Paul and Silas? How, how, is, how is that even helping? Like, just break out in praise and worship. How, you're in jail, you just break out in praise, praise and worship. Notice that the other prisoners were listening to them. Let's read on. The Bible says in verse 26, suddenly there was... Such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that all the prisoners escaped. But Paul shouted, hey, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Come on in here. We're about to pick up offering. We need to get something from you too. (laughs) 
<laughs> couldn't, I couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. Verse 29. The jailer called for the lights. There was electricity back. He said, turn the lights on. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked hers, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And immediately he, had, he and all of his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. He and his whole household. The true essence of worship is found in crisis. In the trying of our faith. Because it's, it's there where we decide whether or not we're going to trust him. And in that crisis, in that trouble, that's where we decide. When the pressure comes, what will get squeezed out of you? Will it be worship? Will it be complaining? What would it be? When the pressure comes, What's going to get squeezed out of us? Paul and Silas had a deep conviction that God's power was greater than any man could do to them. They understood God is in control. And if, if this is the end, if this is where it all ends, then this is where it all ends. God is in control. But if this is not the end, then God is going to see us through. It was Paul who wrote later on for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. His perspective was fully in Christ. In short, they believed in resurrection, life, and power. They weren't faking it. They were authentically worshiping the God who has conquered death. They understood that fully. Think about this. Could... Could it, be, could it be that the jailer wasn't saved by witnessing the earthquake, but by witnessing what happened before the earthquake? Martin Luther famously said, Christians don't, they don't tell lies, they sing them. Ultimately, worship is about faith. It's about putting our faith in God, faith in the one who, who, can un, who understands us, who is with us, and who has the power to strengthen us and deliver us. It's about confessing and believing that God is who he says he is, and that regardless of what happens, regardless of what we see, regardless of what's around us, he is worthy of our worship because he is our strength. So, how do, how, do we, how do we worship honestly? How, how, how do we do this? How do we do this honest worship? So the, the Bible, we're going to go through a, a, a couple of, of, of a few things here. And I'm just kind of, I'm just going to, I want to read them off. And, and, I, and I, I think these are some of, your, some of your lines here. And so you guys that love to fill in these lines, let's go get your pens ready. 
All right. So here's just a short list. Expressions of praise and worship in the scriptures. The lifting of hands. 1 Timothy 2.8. I want everyone everywhere to lift innocent hands towards heaven and pray without being angry or arguing it with each other. Clapping our hands. Some, some people get it. Come on. Some people go crazy. Well, hey, get it. Yeah. Come on, everyone. Clap your hands. Shout to God with a joyful praise. Standing. Exodus 33, 10. Whenever the priest, the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshiped, each at the entrance of their tents, kneeling or bowing. Psalms 95, 6. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Singing. Exodus 15, 21. And Miriam sang this song. Sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. Playing of musical instruments. Praise him with the sounding of trumpets. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. With dancing. 2 Samuel 6.14 says, Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. Shouting. Psalm 66.1 says, Tell everyone on the earth to shout praises to God. To sing about his glorious name. Honor him with praises. Any man or woman on this earth who is bored or turned off by worship is not ready for heaven, A.W. Tozer says. Jesus. Whole person worship. Mark Mark 12, 28 through 30 says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Notice that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, Of the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. What happens when you separate the body from the heart. You die. He did. He seeks to exist physically. You see, God doesn't, God, God, God wants hearts. He wants heads. He wants hands. He wants you completely. He wants you wholly. He wants all of you. He wants everything you have. And when we worship God, it's not a have to, it's a get to. We get to worship and communicate with the creator of the universe. We get to worship his glorious name. These these encouragements from scriptures are are not absolutes, but rather secrets to how we're wired. Expressive worship is a physical demonstration of a spiritual reality when we take communion. When we partake in baptism, we partake physically, and and there's a spiritual connection that's happening there. Number two, the physical actions uh, mixed with faith have spiritual repercussions. There is a spiritual release when you act in faith. You remember the first time you raised your hands in church? You were were there. I, I remember the first time I was like, man, 
I, I don't know. I don't, Lord, I don't know. I don't, I don't, man, I, I want to lift my hands, but everybody's looking at me, Lord. Everybody's watching me. I know it, boy. And then, and then you kind of you just build up the courage. Your hands are sweaty. You're, oh, Lord, I, God, I, I love you, Lord. I'm just going to raise my shoulders, Lord. God bless you. Jesus, you're so good. I'm going to do a little bounce. I'm going to do a little, you know, down here, Lord, I'm going to praise you right here, Lord. And then, and then you, you build up the courage and like you, you give them one of these right here. Say, Lord, yes, Lord, fill my cup, Lord. I'm ready to receive Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes. And then, and then, you, and then you get to right here. You're like, oh, th- that's it. Oh, Jesus. Everybody's looking at me. I don't know why I'm doing this. Oh, Jesus. And you build up the courage. You go like, you look like this to your left like that. <laughs> you look to the right like that. And then and you look around, everybody's like this. <laughs> nobody's looking at you, man. Nobody is worried about you. Nobody's worried about how you lift your hands or how you lift them. And I tell you, if you are, we need to talk after church. <laughs> but there, 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 there is something happens when we, when we just release it all to God. Amen. 2 Kings 5.16 talks about Elijah when he commands a name, and there was something that happened when he finally went and did what God called him to do. Number three, praise is a function of our mind, will, and emotions. Praise is not a result of your feelings. Praise trumps feelings. It's not about emotionalism. God responds to passion, like David David was passionate that we just read that he danced before the Lord with the ephah. God calls it. God wants us to press in. I I know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not that guy, man. I'm not the dude. I'm not the dude. I'm not. That's 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 not who I am. That's not really what it is. Let your emotions. Push you to where he is to find a place of worship. But understand that, like we said, once we start to worship, God takes over. God takes over. And you may think, like I said, that's, that's really not me, man. I feel like almost like, almost like hypocritical for me to do that. I, I, want, I want you to hear this. Hypocrisy is not when your actions are inconsistent with your feelings. Hypocrisy is not when your actions are inconsistent with your feelings. Hypocrisy is when your actions are inconsistent with your convictions. I want want to read that one more time. I want that to, to penetrate deep into our spirits. Hypocrisy is not when our actions are inconsistent with our feelings, but when our actions are inconsistent with our convictions. Worship is a declaration that God is worthy because only he can deliver the hope, the healing, the solution, or the provision that we need on a bad day. You guys come on back up. And furthermore, he encourages us, he strengthens us, strengthens us, and changes us in his presence. Jesus, you change everything. And when we, when we give him all that we are, when we release all that we are to him, he changes everything. 
And we can trust that he changes everything for the better. We can trust that what God calls out and God points at, he will, he'll not, he's not just going to take it and leave us void. He's not just going to take it and leave us space. He's not just going to take it and not put anything back. He's going to take it and put something back so much better. He's, he's going to take what the offering that we bring. We say, God, come into our reality. God, this is the mess. This is the mess of me. And God says, I love it. I've been waiting for you. I have the answer to all the mess. I, I, can, I can get all those knots out of all that yarn and out of all that mess. I can make that mess into something beautiful. As we release, as we just come to worship and we just say, God, I, I'm uncomfortable with this a little bit, but man, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to give you all that I am. As in, the, as in the story that I told in the beginning, every once in a while, dad knows best. Well, every once in a while, us guys, we get it right. Come on. But we, we can understand and we can know that our Heavenly Father always gets it right. Amen. He never misses. He never misses. And He's calling us to, through this journey. And He says, man, don't, don't fear the journey. Don't focus on the journey. Focus on me. Amen. Look at me. Watch me. Keep your eyes on me. Come on, come on. Don't, don't, don't worry about the enemy and everybody threatening to attack you. I, I got you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never drop you. I'm holding you. Let me be your strength. Focus on me. Let, let, follow my voice. Follow my words. Follow my instruction. Keep moving. Even if even you, you may find yourself at a at a Running a, running a race today. You may find yourself walking in your journey. You may find yourself crawling. Or you, may, you may have stopped. God is saying, come on. Come on. Come on. For the rest of our service, we, we, we want to press in. We want to take what, what God has, has, has laid before us. And God, we want to just give it all to you. So wherever you're at, would you stand with me? I want to pray, and we're going to go right back into worship. Father, we come before you, and we give you all that we are, God. Lord, every one of my brothers and sisters here, they represent a different pace, a different place in the journey, Lord. But I trust, and I know that you're here. You're, you're there with them, God. Your, your desire is to be with them in every part of their journey, Father God. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Receive our worship in the name of Jesus.